Welcome to the Leadership Looks Like podcast. I'm your host, Cree Edholm. Sponsored by Leadership Excursion Company and recorded from The Coop, located in Summerlin, Las Vegas. Join us as we explore personal stories of leaders who are making incredible impacts in their businesses, lives, and communities. Get ready to be inspired, see things from a new perspective, and learn new tools to help overcome challenges. This is what leadership looks like. Reports show that Southern Nevada is among the nation's highest in homelessness, which is not something that I am proud to report as a Nevadan. Fortunately, there are organizations like The Shade Tree and people like Stacy Lockhart who are working day and night to serve our local community. Learn how Stacy, the executive director of The Shade Tree, and her team are supporting women, children, and pets who are in need of food, shelter, and hope. Enjoy. Stacy, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Well, we just took a tour of the shade tree. We did. What'd you think? I think it's fantastic. I can't wait to learn more. And I'll say the hardest part for me about going on a tour is I have at least a million questions. And I didn't want to have to ask you more than once. So um, we'll we'll have plenty of opportunity to ask and answer for the next hour or so. Well, I'm happy to answer whatever I can for you. Um, and I always say... It's one thing to drive by somewhere. It's another thing to come through the doors. Um, it's definitely another thing to come through the doors of a shelter. I don't think most people have never been in a shelter. Um, I had never been in a shelter until I was serious about taking this job and toward the facility myself. Yeah, and you are the executive director. I am. Here in Las Vegas. Yes. And we're on the corner of Owens and Maine. Maine um, in North Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. Just down the hill from Fremont. Yes. And you have been here for not not quite a year yet. Ten months last week. Okay. And what made you decide to take this job? Well, um, my husband and I had already made the decision that we were moving to Vegas. Um, so whether I had a job before we got here or whether I found one after we came didn't really matter. Um, we just wanted to get here. I have spent 30 years working in nonprofit, um, primarily as a fundraiser, um, for the Easter Seal Society of Washington, for universities and colleges, um, in Washington and Alaska, and even, uh, U.S. figure skating in the 2010 Winter Olympics. So, Um, for me, every time I've thought about doing something different, I always come back to what I know and I love, which is raising money and community support and investments in things that change people's lives. Yeah. Why is the shade tree so important for the community here in Las Vegas? Well, we put women and children first. Um, I think that a sign of a healthy community are strong citizens, are healthy citizens. Um, and unfortunately, um, Las Vegas ranks like in the top three nationally as far as the number of homeless. Uh, we also rank very high for domestic abuse. Um, when I lived in Alaska, I was surprised Alaska was the highest at the time. And, and I could see how that could possibly happen there with long, dark winters and, and such. But, um, I, I, I don't think in a community as wealthy and healthy as Las Vegas um, that we should really have any homeless. Um, and domestic abuse and violence against women and children, you know, there's no place for that in the world. There, there just isn't. And I think it's important that the shade tree and other organizations, safeness, safe house, um, seeds of hope, uh, you know, that we're all here. So in their times of crisis, they have somewhere to turn. Um, domestic abuse and violence in some cases is very generational. And so in order to, you know, conquer the problem, to change um, what happens in a family, um, you really have to, to, to reach the children as well. Um But having a safe place for them to flee, to turn to, that can give them a roof over their head, um, a safe haven, a place where they can um, 
you know, regain their identities, um, you know, work with people who help them find employment, who will help them deal with their trauma, um, and yet at the same time nurture them and stand with them um, on their journey. It and it and it really is a journey. Um, and whether it's domestic abuse and violence or whether it's homelessness, for whatever reason that caused that homelessness, um, women and children need somewhere like safeness you know, safeness, shade tree, safe house, um, where they can come, where they know that there's people here who care and are, are, are going to do everything we can do to help them get back on their feet and, and become self-sufficient and independent and, and be able to move on with their lives in whatever direction they want to go. Yeah. Now you place a focus on women and children. So that's yeah. the demographic that you serve here in Vegas. It is. We have Catholic charities across the street, of course, who are there for the gentlemen. Um, but we are strictly women and children um, and pets, the yeah. pets of the women and children that that also come. We are very fortunate to have Noah's Animal House right here on our campus that started as a program at the Shade Tree 10 years ago um, and has now matured and become its own nonprofit and is expanding in other areas. They've actually found that more than 90% of women who um, do suffer from abuse, if they can take everything they care about with them, including their pets, that they won't return to the abuser. Um, abuse and, and domestic violence is a power struggle. It's, um, you know, holding that, that power over somebody else. And pets are family. You know, anybody who's had a pet, I remember when my daughter was little, my baby slept in my bed and two dogs and a cat. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and you think about it, if, if you're a mom and you've got little ones and they've got, you know, they've got their peanut or, you know, their dog, their cat, whatever it is, can you imagine having to leave your best buddy behind? Right. Yeah, 90%. I mean, that says it all yeah. right there. So talk about the the types of women and families that, that come through the doors of of your organization every day? It um, is really amazing. We have, since I've been here, had um, a couple women with their PhDs, uh, women with their master's degrees, women with bachelor's degrees, but also women who, um, you know, want to get their GED or didn't finish, you know, high school, um, and, and we've had some that, you know, they were runaways and have been living their life on the streets. Um, we have women who have been victims of human trafficking. Um, we helped over 50 of those women last year alone. So it is, it's really um, a very broad spectrum and you can't stereotype um, because from, from, um, wives of dentists who live in multi-million-dollar neighborhoods and have the estates to to women who live next door in your own neighborhood to um, maybe it's your your child's um, third grade teacher to um, doctors to accountants. I mean, it just and and sad as it is, elder abuse is on the rise. And we've had some women staying with us that could be our grandmas. And that just breaks your heart. Nobody at 86 and 90 should be in a shelter. Yeah, but that sounds like that's a reality. And you're here to help um, those it, women. Yeah, it, it, it is reality. And we've got um, an incredible team of very dedicated uh, professionals here, um, both men and women, that... Um, put in long hours and lots of weekends. And, um, you know, we answer calls at home. Um, it's, it's 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, because that's what life is. Yeah. What types of services do you provide for anybody who's here? Well, we have a children's activity center. Um, so that way the moms, while they're here, there's a place they can go and do activities with their kids. We do early childhood education in there with our pre-K um, we do activities with them, and a lot of times um, we take them out in the community as well to the Springs Reserve. Zappos just took them to a Vegas Lights game. One of our kids got to kick the opening ball. Um, 
they've been to hockey games. They, um, they've been more places than me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we also have um, classes, financial literacy and budgeting, um, things like how to feed your family on $10 a day and couponing. I remember when your mom used to take her thing, go to the grocery store, and she'd have all the coupons. Oh, yeah. And then we'd drive from store to store to get the best sales. <laughs> but but that's how my mom used to say that's how we could afford to take a family vacation because she had been using coupons all year. Um, so whether you're, you want to save money for something else or whether you're just trying to make ends meet, um, we have um, – group therapy sessions. We've got um, a class, which you saw going on upstairs, um, taking back your life. Um, we've got yoga, we've got Pilates, we've got um, parenting. Um, and everything that is taught is taught by volunteers. People who come in um, every day of the week, we have classes and um, computer classes as well. Um, work readiness, mock interviewing, how to dress, how to how to do a cover letter and a resume, how to look for work. Um, so everything you can imagine, if there is somebody in the community that feels they have stuff, something to offer that could be helpful to the women that are here, we're excited to talk to them. I don't think we could ever have too many classes um, and opportunities for our women to educate themselves and overcome barriers and obstacles that are standing in their way of success. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned your volunteers, and then you also have um, paid personnel. You have a paid staff here. We do. Um, we've got, if I had to guess, I'd say about 43 employees right now, um, all the way from, um, our resource and maintenance, um, personnel who keep the building standing and the grounds picked up and the donations sorted and coming in. Uh, we've got kitchen staff and cooks. We've got staff in our children's activity center. We have what we call floor advocates. Those are staff who are out on the floor every single day that are really front line. They have the most contact um, with the women and children that are staying here. Uh, we also have case managers that work with them on um, connecting them to community resources and housing and things like that, as well as our job developer um, and then, of course, you know, your typical back end of the house finance and grants and, and our admin personnel. Um, you know, we have, a, a, we have vet managers and, and kennel assistants uh, for the pets. So it's, it's a big operation. Our budget's about $3.2 million a year. Wow. And, you know, there's so many services here. And after taking the tour, you know, you have medical services, food, there's clothing, there's donations, fundraising. Um, you already mentioned the multiple partnerships that you have here in the Valley to help um, with your initiatives. And that all takes manpower. Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. And, um, you know, I think one thing I look at is I look at social service, um, and where funding comes from, whether it's federal, county, state, city, um, private. Um, I see, how do I put it? I see a lot of people wanting to do good and trying to solve problems. But I see a lot of it happening um, in silos. And so one group's doing one thing and one group's doing another thing. Um, and in my experience, when you collaborate, everybody comes out ahead. So I don't want to invent programs. I don't want to duplicate what somebody else is doing. What I preach is let's find who's doing the best at each thing and how can we then access their resources and how can we partner with them so both of us succeed? Their numbers go up. Our numbers go up. More women are achieving uh, their goals. And I always say, you know, when we do it together, we're better. Um, and, and I know from my background working in higher ed for so many years in advancement, you know, there are a lot of funders who want to see collaboration. They don't want to fund 10 of the same thing. They want to see who's working together and who's really partnering. Um, recently, we announced our partnership with Veterans Village uh, to bring our transitional housing program back, um, but not doing it on site, taking advantage of what um, Arnold Stock and Veterans Village is doing. And um, the goal being 
moving women from shelter to transitional to permanent affordable housing. Um, and who knows, maybe someday home ownership, everybody's dream. Um, and we just met with Goodwill last week, um, our work source programs. They're going to start working together. You know, they've got things that they're doing that we're not doing. Um, and it's a real resource for our women, for us to be able to say, can they live with us? But participate in your program, um, that's a win-win. You know, they're, they've got something to offer, and and we have a need for it. But we're not going to go out and we're not going to look for money to, to do the same thing somebody else is doing. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And then are you taking the lead on those types of conversations and initiatives as well? I am. I um you know, my staff knows. I've told them that I see my role here as executive director to bring the resources and tools to them so they can do their jobs and they can help the women and children the best they can. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the ability to get out in the community, and I'm not shy. <laughs> I'll ask anybody for anything and introduce myself to anyone. And if I hear there's somebody out there that's doing something, and to me, I think we need to have a conversation. I don't have any trouble picking up the phone and saying, hi, you don't know me. But so-and-so said we need to meet. And you will. You will know me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You will. <laughs> when you go out and have those conversations, does anybody ever tell you no? No, nobody has. Um, In fact, I just had a great lunch today with the uh, Regional Transportation Commission. Um, You know, we use a lot of bus passes um, because public transportation is is the only mode of transportation for some of our women. Um, I think it's a matter of sitting down with someone and getting to know each other, um, understanding who you are and who they are and, and what each does and when you do that, I think ideas just start to kind of flow. Um, and, and, and it's exciting. Um, you know, I've had some of the best days lately, you know, going home and just going, oh, my God, I can't believe we're really going to do this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's exciting. Um, you know, we're moving forward. Um, I think in this world, if you stand still, you'll get run over or you won't be here tomorrow. Um, and so we need to do everything in our power to make sure that we are making as many friends as we can. And people say that to me all the time. What do you need? And I said, I always need a million dollars, but, um, but we need friends. Um, friends get together, friends support each other, friends, um, help each other. And, and when friends get together and do something, boy, you get it done. And friends have friends and those friends have friends. Um, and, and that's the way, um, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to be successful at helping these women and children who come to us um, is by having a vast network throughout the community of people that we can turn to, um, depending on <clears throat> what the need is at the time, who can best fill those roles. Yeah, that's so important. I do see that often, even here on the podcast, you know, we, we speak to... Um, People are working in nonprofit organizations or or in a position such as your own. And really partnering with other organizations is key. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, first of all, you pointed it out, nobody's ever said no to you when you've reached out to them. They're, they want to work with you because everybody has the same goals. They want to see the same outcome. And, and uh, it's important not to lose sight of that. Yeah. Well, and it's just like we were, when I was showing you our pantry, um, you know, we rely on Three Square. Um, they provide a lot of the food that we have, but Albertsons is another great partner um, on our food with us, um, as well as a new relationship that we'll be entering into. Um, and sometimes when we have too much, uh, it's hard to imagine, you know, it's like, how can you have too much food? But sometimes we might just be blessed with, you know, Dozens and dozens and dozens of eggs <laughs> and um, or too many turkeys at the holidays because people have been so generous to us. Um, I don't want anything to go to waste and we only have so much room to store things. And so we will reach out to our community partners and neighbors. I've taken turkeys over to Catholic Charities. I've taken probably 20 dozen eggs over to Veterans Village. 
um, our cook has relationships in the community. She may call another um, another program in the community and say, hey, we've got too much of this or that. Could you use some? Come on over and get it. Um, and we do that with clothes and things like that, too. If we've got something and we have an abundance and we know that there's somebody else in need that can use it, then we share. We've given Project 150 backpacks for the kids because we had so many backpacks donated for back to school. So, um, and people, when we closed our third floor um, in August, I couldn't believe the outpouring of other executive directors in town calling me and saying, you know what, if, if, if we've got it and you need it, you can have it. Just let us know what you need. Um, and I think, you know, that needs to, what, what goes around comes around. That's really refreshing to hear because, um, you know, lots of people are interested in, in helping in the community. And it's refreshing to hear that if I go, if I come here to the shade tree, I could potentially not just help here, but other organizations in town too. So that, that's so nice to hear that everybody's working together. Yeah, we um, had a phone call today. We have a, an incredible opportunity thanks to um, Commissioner Steve Sisolak. He connected me with an organization, another foundation that um, helps in the United States, but also in other countries. Um, they have a ton of clothes, tons and tons, you know, capris and yoga pants and shoes and lightweight jackets and this and that. And they said, you know, we've got about 50,000 pieces of clothing. Could you use them? And, you know, would you build those? Would you have room to store them? And I said, absolutely, because you know what? We can be a distribution point, too. We can use some of that, but we can reach out to our friends, and we can ask them, hey, we're getting all of this. How much do you want to come get some for the ladies that you've got over at your place? So why can't we we share? Um, mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of times you can be the point person, but another thing we're not going to do, as I said, we are not hoarding. Shade tree is good at hoarding yeah. <laughs> the wrong things, yeah. you know, sometimes, um, I, you know, when you, just like you're in your own home, when you live in one place for a number of years, um, it's easy to forget what you have, what's in that closet, what's in the, under the stairs, what's back around the corner. And when you start pulling out stuff, um, it's amazing what you find. And it's like, why do we have this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, call big brothers and sisters and give these to them. Um, you know, let's get the resources and let's get the stuff to who can best use it. Um, just because somebody donates it to us, um, you know, if, if, if it's not appropriate or we can't use it, then it, it's just to the good of the community that we turn around and reach out to one of our friends in the community and say, hey, I've got this. And I just think it would probably be perfect for you. Would you like it? Mm -hmm. And they'll normally take it. Mm -hmm. What do you do when you run out of storage? Um, I haven't had that problem yet. Um, we have some offsite storage um, where we keep a lot of our archive files. We have just created more storage in the building um, by moving about 100 um, boxes of files out of here that were filling up rooms. Um you know, we say, let's get it organized. Let's get it out of here. Um, so I think making wise choices of what's important to keep and what's not. Um, and we have a couple storage buildings, <clears throat> excuse me, storage units up in our um, upper parking lot that we can store kind of off-season things in. Or if we get an extra large donation of hygiene packets, um, a lot of conventions come to town and they want to do something good while they're here. As a matter of fact, tomorrow I have to be at the Hard Rock um, to say thank you to the Infamil people. Um, they are um, here and we have to send the truck up to pick up, you know, a ton of, of um, kind of, you could say, starter bags they've put together for, uh, for moms with infants here. Uh, that'll have baby formula and all sorts of things in them. So um, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. It sounds to me like your role never really ends. There's no beginning and end, right? No, no. You can ask my husband that. He says, I'm married to the shade tree and not him. <laughs> you know, but um, but that's life. I mean, that's what it is. Um, even with our own children, we're on you know, 24 hours a day when, when somebody calls you and they have a need, you don't tell your own kids to, you know, call back on Monday. 
um, I can talk to you then. Um, we, um, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm able to do email from home. I've got multiple phones, um, you know, and, and my leadership team and I, um, and our case managers, I mean, we're on a network. Um, so we can text each other. We can communicate with each other, um, whether it be two o'clock in the morning or whether it be two in the afternoon, um, whether it be a Monday or a Sunday, it, it doesn't matter. Um, and that's the kind of staff I have here including board members. You know, we've got some very, very committed board members and friends in the community that, um, you know, even on a Sunday morning, I'm getting texts from Veterans Village, you know, hoping you're having a good day. And by the way, <laughs> you, you take care of business whenever you can mm-hmm. um, because the shelter doesn't close. Uh, we're 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Um, women can come to us at 3 in the morning. They can come before breakfast. They come at 10 in the evening. Um, you know, um, unfortunately, homelessness and domestic abuse is not on a schedule. Yeah, I can imagine. So what is somebody who walks through your front doors? Walk us through what the intake looks like, what their stay might look like, and really what the overall objective is while um, a woman, and let's just say a single woman who doesn't have kids or a pet, um, what that might look like. Um, a lot of times they will um, just walk through the front door. They may have taken public transportation to get here. They may have been dropped off here. They may have driven themselves here. Um, but the first thing that happens when they come in is we, um, we have them fill a little form. Uh, we have an intake area, uh, where we have them wait that is private and confidential. Um, so they're not out in the middle of everything. Um, it gives them some space and some privacy. We have intake, um, specialists who work with the women and go through and do an assessment with them, um, talking through their situation. And there are some forms that have to be done and some questions we have to ask because we are part of this um, cooperative, you could say, between agencies. Um, We are able to determine if we're the right place for them to be. And in some cases, we determine that we're actually not the best place for them to be to get what they need. Um, If it's a case that we're not, then we call on our friends and neighbors and refer them to where they really are going to be able to get the best service and help that they need, depending on their situation. Um, if they stay with us, um, at that point, we bring them into the building. We make sure that their immediate needs have been taken care of. Um, if somebody comes in and, and the only thing she has is clothes on her back, we'll get her set up with, you know, um, hygiene kits. We get them set up with clothes. We provide all the bedding here and the bath towels and things like that, um, making them feel immediately comfortable um, and welcome. Um, if it's somebody who's, um, you know, just left a very abusive situation, um, we, you know, we'll, we'll take her up to the medical clinic where she can be seen. Um, and we can address, you know, do an assessment there, address if she has injuries or what her needs might be. It may be just that she needs counseling. She may not have physical injuries. Um, in cases of something very recent, if it's a rape crisis, then we'll transport to the hospital, uh, making sure they get their examination and they can file their reports and stuff and then bring them back here. Um, with domestic abuse and violence, we also deal with their trauma. Um, you know, there's so much trauma involved. So just really getting them settled, um, making them feel safe and secure and letting them know that there's people here who care about them. Um, while they're staying here, um, as I showed you, we have a family dorms, but we also have a couple dorms for single women. Um, they are pretty institutional, as you saw, um, bunk beds, almost if you were to think of um, a military barracks. Uh, we hope to change that soon, give women more space, um, make it more comfortable. Um, but while they're here, they um, receive three three square, nutritious, yummy meals a day. Sometimes I walk in, it makes your stomach growl immediately. We have great cooks here. Um, out of our little dinky kitchen, which you didn't see yet, um, it's, it's amazing what they're able to put out of there. Um, 
while they're also here, they've got access to the classes, they've got access to the computer lab, um, to workforce, to case management, to help them um, if they need documents, to help them get their documents, if they have evictions on their record that's preventing them from getting housing, if it's um, if it's something even helping with divorces or restraining orders, um, you know, if they do have kids, helping um, making sure those kids are enrolled in school. And if they need to be vaccinated, we're able to do that as well, thanks to a grant that we have this year to buy the vaccinations so we can immunize. Um we have um, we have some really feel good days too. Um, thanks to our friends in the community, uh, we have women who will come in that own salons and, and businesses who will come in and pamper the ladies. They will come in and do haircuts during the month. They'll come in and do manicures and pedicures and makeovers. Um, they will, um, you know, jewelry and and handbag things. Um, just the things that make you feel good and make you feel like you're a woman um, that they may not have the money to spend on or they may have the money, but they're making choices. You know, do you, do you uh, pay bus fare or do you do laundry? Do you get your hair colored or do you pay your cell phone bill so you have a phone for the next month? So if somebody does want to hire you, you can answer that call. Um and it's really, um, as I say, it's a, it's a community under this roof. While women are here, they, they know. And, and I say it all the time, even with our staff, everybody here is expected to support each other and respect each other and not judge um, because nobody knows what anybody else's story is. And the bottom line is we're all here. And so... You know, don't worry about what brought somebody else here. You know, worry about what you need to be doing. And, you know, and if you can give a helping hand or you can say a kind word or if you can empathize a little bit, you know what? Nobody nobody chose to be here. Um, we were not their first choice. Um, I'm sure, you know, people would much rather be at the Mandalay Bay or the Bellagio or <laughs> instead of the shade tree. But, um, again, I think it's just so important that in a time of need, that there are organizations like the Shade Tree and, and people here like our staff and our volunteers um, that are willing to help. Um, as I mentioned, the classes, you know, we do have staff here, but we have probably six, seven, eight classes every day that happen here. And all of those, it's 100% volunteer effort that brings those classes and those opportunities to the women. We have thousands of volunteers a year that come through here and um, do activities with the kids, help work on the grounds, do projects, um, whatever that is. So it's it's very much a team effort, and that's what I want to see within the women that are staying here as well. They're all expected to pitch in and help maintain and keep the place clean. Um, and when I first came, I have to say, I, I pulled my hair out. I was like, what do we have to do to get them to help? Um, I think because of the change um, in, I guess you could say, what's expected, um, how our staff interact, just the attitude about everything, um, the ladies are stepping up. I notice more and more that the women are happy to help. They're willing to help. Um, and that's, I think, a difference in how well um, our staff is also doing at intake. You know, really making sure that the women we are bringing in are women that want to be helped. Um, people refer to us as a shelter, and we are, but we are so much more than that. We are a program. And we are not a place to just check in and hang out for 90 days and then be on your merry way. Um, if women come here and they truly want assistance, then we will do absolutely everything we can to help them um, get on their own two feet and be able to stand on their own and provide for themselves or the families or whatever it is. And there's so many success stories coming out of here every day. Um, we have rising stars, we call it every month. Last month, 14 of our residents were nominated 
um, by staff all across the shade tree, not just their case managers, for overcoming obstacles, for successes they've had, for um, being recognized for every day coming up and saying, is there anything I can do to help? Um, you know, those things matter. And to be able to celebrate even some of the small things, because to us, it may be small to them. It may be huge. Yeah. What, do it, what does a success story look like? Well, I think, um, everybody, I'm sure there, I'm sure there are so many different examples. There, if there's there, one that stands yeah. out in your mind. Yeah, there there are so many because we're all very individual and everybody's story coming in is different too. But um, I'll give you some examples. Um, we've had um, about 25 women a month actually gaining employment. And when I come, sometimes my whole day can change between the car and the front door of the building in that moment, you know. But there, there's nothing better than being stopped in the parking lot by someone who says, guess what? I said, what? I got the job. And I'm like, well, which one? <laughs> you know, and they are so excited. And I'm like, when do you start? And, um, you know, and do you have what you need? Well, I need some black shoes. Let's get you those black shoes. Um, you know, being there to, to celebrate that. Um, we've had women move into housing. Um, and they are so grateful and so appreciative for the help along the way, um, for connecting them to that resource when they're ready to, to do that. Um, success is also somebody who comes back, not as a victim, not as a resident, but somebody who comes back and says, because of what we did for them, their life changed, and now they want to be able to help and, and, and inspire the women that are here today. They want to come back and be donors. They want to come back and volunteer. They're willing to speak at the community events and things for us and help help others see what the shade tree is here and able to do. Um, so it's just, it, it's all across the board. Um, success is women in the community who have never stayed at the shade tree never had to, but who finally are brave enough because of their relationship with staff here and getting involved in things to tell their own story, to stand up and say, you know what, that was me. This happened to me. And, um, and I want to help. And, and so giving that, that bravery, that power, that confidence to, to speak out, um, where their friends all look at them and say, I had no idea. Why didn't you ever say anything? You know, because a lot of times you're too scared to say anything. Um, but you know, it's successful when you can open up and you can share your story with other people and have it actually help other people become brave and let them see that anything's possible you know what? Wow. You were, you went through what I went through and look at you now. You would have never known. Um, you know, that's, that's giving people hope, um, and, and inspiration to, you know, keep fighting the good fight. Yeah. Yeah. How do you manage? Um, I'm sure some women come in and they, um, and they are able to enjoy the services here on site and then what prevents them from going and coming back, going and coming back and, and being a habitual, um, I, I don't even no. know what, what term well, you no, use. But. Um, um, no, and, and that's a great question. So thank you for answering that um, or asking that. I'll answer it. Um, you know, a lot of people say, how long can they stay? Um, our emergency shelter program allows for a stay up to 90 days. Um, if someone were to stay longer than 90 days, they're no longer considered chronically homeless. If somebody's sleeping on your couch at your house for 90 days, they're not considered homeless, even if they don't have their own home. Um, somebody can be in prison or in jail for more than 90 days. They're not considered homeless. So when you are no longer considered homeless, you lose the ability to access or, or access, excuse me, a lot of community resources that are there. Um, and so, with that being said, um, 
Our goal is to move somebody from shelter out in 90 days. Um, sometimes we will help transfer them to another program in town to one of our um, one of our friends in the community that can take the next step in helping them. They may um, they they may go back to family. Um, they may ask us to help them travel to another state, um, you know, to get back home. Um, they may, um, like I said, gain employment um, and be able to move into um, transitional or affordable housing, depending on their situations. So, um, but right now, yeah, 90 days. Um, the transitional program that we are relaunching off-site uh, when the women were here, they could stay for up to a year in that program. Um, and they would be, for the most part, working, saving part of their, their earnings um, so they could build in a, you know build a, a reserve up so they could then move out and know that they had, had funding um, that they had saved. Um, with that program right now, we're, we are helping those women move out. Um, and we, um, the first three women... Um, their first month's rent has been sponsored and their deposit. Um, we have provided them each with a couple months worth of bus passes. Um, so we know they have transportation to get back to work and home. Um, we provided them with, I almost call them welcome wagon kits, but, um, you know, starter kits, things to help them get going. Um, you know, food to fill their freezer and fridge, um, towels and bedding and um we we have housewares here pots and pans dishes um some knickknacks you know we have them to to help their room look a little prettier um but whatever whatever we can provide them with um so they don't have to take the money out of their pocket um we want them to to be able to um you know enjoy um, their, their sense of privacy, um, having a space that's all their own again, um, concentrate on them and work and, and not having to immediately worry about, well, how am I going to pay rent? You know what? No, rent's taken care of. You know what? You take those next couple paychecks and you know what? Do you have a bank account? Well, you need to open a bank account and put some of that aside. And hopefully the budgeting classes here, have been helpful. So then they say, okay, I'm going to have to pay a little bit of rent. And I know I'm going to have to do this and that. All right, well, let's budget that. What are you making? You know, what can you set aside? Everybody deserves to have a little, a little fun or, you know, dinner out now and then, but, but you got to budget it in. Yeah. It sounds like you're giving everybody here every opportunity to be successful. Yeah, there, you know, there's really never an, there's not an opportunity for, for an excuse to say, well, I don't have this or I don't have that. It, it sounds like you have thought about literally everything. Well, it, you know, we try to, mm -hmm. and if they bring something up that they don't have, or we didn't think of, you know what, we usually put our heads together. It's like, Hey, you know what? Call so-and-so. What about this? What about that? Um, for instance, um, baby's bounty is another new uh, partnership that we have established um, over the last few months. So if we have a woman who comes here who is pregnant or is um, has you know a young infant, we connected with Baby's Bounty. They have some parenting classes um, to have the woman go through the parenting class. And when that um, mom moves out of here, they will actually set her up with everything she needs whether it's a crib, a bassinet, formula, resources, clothing, um, all, all of that. We can provide for them while they're here. We have some wonderful friends who buy playpens and bassinets and, and things like that to have here at the Shade Tree while they're here. But yeah, you know what? Eventually you're going to go back out on your own. And what are you going to do about a car seat? What are you going to do about a stroller? Um, and so through um, this partnership with Baby's Bounty, we're, we're able to help those new moms or, or, you know, recently become moms, um, with those, with those resources that they're going to need. Um, and, and, and that's huge, you know? Um, and I think sometimes that is a bit of a, um, you could say a fear when you're somewhere like this shade tree and everything is being provided. Um, 
that can be hard. What happens when I leave? You know what? I'm here. I'm getting fed. People are taking care of me. I've got resources. And and I've said before, you know what? We go with them. I don't want us to just um, wave goodbye as as they leave. Um, and I don't want, as I say, repeat customers. Um, because if women are coming back to the shade tree um, time and time again, um, if staff know who they are and know that they come back at this time every year, um, I said, you know what, something isn't working. And we have to figure out what that is. And in my mind, um, I think part of it is we need to stay with them longer. Um, you, you send your daughter off to college, but you don't just cut all ties. You're still there for them. Um, so still having case manager, um, having someone that checks in on them, um, giving them an open arms. You know what? We are here. You can come back and use a computer lab. You can come down and, and talk to case management. You can, you can come down here and access the resources that are here so we can continue to support them on their move forward. And whether that is um, really sticking with them for 12 months, whether it's 15 months, um, you know, I don't know the answer. Um, I think it's very individual. Some women, you know, might be fine just heading out the door and they might do great. Other women, it might be, you know, three months, six months. But finding what works for each situation so we um, we have many, many more success stories um, and that they come back and, and, and as I said before, they come back and they're donors. They come back and they volunteer. They come back and they share their story with other women and help them move through whatever it is they're going through. Yeah. What's your definition of leadership? Hmm. You know, I think it... Um, for me, it's doing the right thing, um, even even when it's hard, um, and inspiring others to you know to, to give it their all and, and and want to, as I put it, join your team. Right, it's that unexplained part of leadership that uh, is so important. Yeah, I've always said you can teach someone to manage. I don't think you can teach someone to lead. And, and, and that's personal. I mean, there's people out there who would argue that with me. But I think there's something in every one of us that um, determines who we are and what we do. And, and some are more comfortable, you know, being stubborn and going out there after it. And, and some are more comfortable supporting that person in that role. Yeah. Had you ever worked for a shelter before you worked here? No, I never stepped in one, ever. Wow. So let's talk about that a little bit. So you you, you lived in Washington at the time, and you were looking to move to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And you know, how did you find this opportunity, and what made you decide to take it on? Um, well, my husband will tell you that I'm the most stubborn German he's ever met. <laughs> and um, I have, one of my best friends will tell you that um, I need a challenge. If it's easy, I'm bored. Um, all of the positions I've had in the past have um, involved building something incredible, um, turning something around. Um, and I get an immense amount of satisfaction out of being able to look back and see where we were compared to where we are today. Um, but no, my husband and I had made the decision to move here. I'd been, as people laugh at me, but I've been pool hopping the strip for 30 years, you know, from hotel to hotel every year, picking the hotel based on the pool. But um, we just, I, I wanted outdoor living year round. We wanted access to great entertainment without having to drive, you know, two and a half hours to get it. And um, I got tired of the snow. And so um, we had decided to make the move. And we were actually um, driving a 24 foot truck through Utah at the time, um, one of the four trips we made with those trucks. Um, 
and I, um, he's driving, I'm on my phone, I'm on LinkedIn on my phone, <laughs> and I, I, I got this message um, from actually from Jim, Jim Andrus with Manpower here. Um, I had been flying down here and interviewing for about four years, really, on and off, um, and um, part of what I found was um, when it comes to fundraising and community projects, um, everybody wanted somebody that was already here that had significant local contacts um, because there's a lot of big stuff happening down here. And, and I get that. Um, so I had actually um, changed my LinkedIn location from Wenatchee, Washington to Las Vegas because I said, you know what, we're coming, we're going, it doesn't matter. So I might as well just change it. And because I had changed it, he was doing um, a search on LinkedIn and found me. Um, he was starting local. If I hadn't have changed my location to Las Vegas, I don't know if we ever would have met and I may not be sitting here right now. Yeah. So when you get that phone call, do you tell him that you are not living in Las Vegas at the time? No, well, I um, he asked me if I could meet with the Shade Tree on Monday, and I said no, but I could meet with them on Wednesday. <laughs> I said at the moment I'm driving through Utah yeah. <laughs> on my way down, um, and and then it really happened that quick. Um, you know, a series of meetings over a couple weeks, um, in between trips back and forth um, up to Washington to to move more of our stuff down. Um, my goal had been it was the middle of June. Um, we started moving Memorial Weekend, and the middle of June, um, we actually checked into the extended stay on East Flamingo for an extended time. Uh, we lived there for almost, let me see, June, July, August, September, middle of October, almost five months while we sold our house in Washington and looked for a house here that we wanted. Um, and my goal had been to, you know, have something solid by the end of June and to be to work um, the beginning of July. And between the middle of June and the end of June, everything fell in place with the shade tree. And uh, July 11th, I walked in for my first day. How did you feel? Were you nervous? Um, were you just ready? You know, I was ready because I had taken a few months off to pack our house um, and to relax for the... Um, you know, for the last six years, I was at a dead run raising money to build buildings and recital halls and scholarship. I, you know, it, it just never stopped. I was ready for a break. And I didn't want to have to pack everything overnight. So I thought, oh, I'll just string it out for a while. Um, and that worked good because by the time we got here, I was ready to get back to work. Um, and so I, you know, hit the ground running. Um I was a little nervous, um, I have to admit. Um, most of my meetings um, up to the point of um, getting ready to accept the offer had had happened in very nice corporate settings, um, not at the Shade Tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so um, I actually had, um, you know, looked up the address, looked at the website, and decided that I was going to come down here on my own. And, and do a little investigating. Um, I drove the neighborhood, which was very eye-opening. I thought, okay, well, this is definitely the homeless corridor. Um, I saw the facility, which was a little overwhelming. It's very big. You know, it's 40,000 square feet on two acres. Um, and then when I finally came down and took a tour um, of the facility and met some of the staff and and um, had an opportunity to, um, you know, to see women and children that we were really helping. Um, I, I didn't know how to say no. Yeah. And tell me about you. You, you, you land in Las Vegas. You, you have a job now. And you mentioned this before, that being the executive director of a nonprofit, you know, your, your work never ends. And one of the big, um, mo probably most important components of your role is to be out in the community, getting donations, forging those relationships. How did you, as someone who didn't live here to begin with, how did you s do that? And where did you start? Well, um, you know, that's another thing about Jim at Manpower. Um, he and I have become friends. We became friends fast. 
And he has been terrific about introducing me to people and opening the door. We have some great board members who have helped um, introduce me in the community. And I tell you, I love the Chamber of Commerce. I was a member of four different chambers where I came from. Uh, we are now a member of three of them here. Um, and just getting out there, going to mixers, going to networkers, um, reaching out to donors um, and to passport members and just introducing myself. Um, and when we had to um, shut the third floor shortly after I started, you know, it was a matter of weeks. Um, one of the first things I did, and, and I have a habit of doing this, when I have a crisis, I raise money. <laughs> you know, we're just going to fix it. Yeah. And, and so I decided to start an effort to raise $2.3 million, um, which is what I figured we needed um, before we could reopen that floor uh, to stabilize us financially so we could bring staff back on, so we have money to operate and sustain, um, being able to have that many um, residents in the building and give them everything they need. And the chamber was great. We did kind of a campaign launch here. Um, and some people who had been great supporters of the shade tree in the past um, came back. Um, they attended and um, introduced themselves to me. And people have been so welcoming and helpful saying, okay, we need to set you up with so-and-so and you need to meet so-and-so. And I'm going to set up a lunch. I'm setting up a coffee for you. Um, this community, um, I think when you, when you're, how do you say it? When you're a weekend visitor, it's very different than when you're a resident. Um, I think a lot of people see the glitz and the glamour and, um, you know, the party city. Um, and that's fun. But when you, um, when you decide that makes a move and actually live here, it's really much smaller of a community than you think. I can't tell you how many times I run into the same people at things that I go to. Um, and you expect that in a smaller city, but um, I thought there's a core here. Um, there's, there's a core group of people who make things happen here um, and who, I don't want to necessarily say movers and shakers, but um, uh, the people that you could probably count on two hands that are that are really out there um, making things happen for the people who live here and representing the people who live here. Um, and I'm just having so fun meeting everybody still, you know. Um, my husband, he, he's just so wonderful. He says, well, you usually know everybody in a year. And I said, oh, it might take me two years here. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I think opening our doors um, – being transparent, um, I don't know any other way to be. Um, we are a product of the community. We are an asset to the community, and I am asking the community to step up and invest in us, which was the name we gave the campaign even, and said, if the shade tree is important to the community and to the county and to the state, then they need to put their money where their mouth is. They need to invest and help us do what we're doing. Um, that as well has opened a lot of doors for me. Um, and just really putting it out there and saying, you know what, this is who we are. This is where we're at. This is the situation. And you know what? It's hard to ask for help sometimes, but we can't do what we're trying to do. If, if, if we're, if we're closed in, if we're not willing to, to put it out there and say, Hey, we need the community's help. Yeah. And I think that's such a great approach because if you've lived in Las Vegas at all, um, you know, shade tree, everybody knows what the shade tree is. Uh, it's just, a, it's a mainstay in our community and, and people know what it is, but you know, that's how brilliant of you to tap into that and say, Hey, you know who we are, you know what we do, but now it's time. It's time we need for your you. help. Yep. People, yeah. People, the shade tree is awesome. You know, okay, but we need help. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's a great tip. Oh. Well, and you've seen, I, I just gave you um, a report to the community that just was delivered from the printer um, the end of last week. Um, and I'm so excited to get these out into the hands of our donors and friends and people in the community so we can you know, say, hey, this is where we've been. This is what we've been doing for the last 10 months. Mm -hmm. And this is where we're going. Um, you know what? Be a part of it. Yeah, come along with us. 
Exactly. Yeah. So you seem like a very busy person since you've been here. I am. I don't sleep a lot. You don't sleep a lot. I dream about the shade tree. <laughs> do, you, do you really? Yeah, you're, I do. You're I do. all in. You're all in. So, but you know, at some point in time, you do need to take care of yourself and you have a family. Um, you have a husband, you've mentioned your husband and mm -hmm. um, I, I can't remember if, if we were recording at the time, but I know you have a daughter who's about to graduate. I do. College. My daughter's graduating from college the end of the next month. I actually found uh, 15 minutes this morning to, to buy plane tickets. <laughs> Yeah. So what is your advice to anybody who is about to take on such an important vital role like this, but also uh, maintain your your life and, and everything that, that happens with your family or, you know, um, pool hopping, those types of things that you like to do? How do you manage all that? You know, if somebody's figured it out, I wish they'd share it with me. Um, home and work balance is something that I still struggle with after 30 years. Um when I'm in, I'm all in. And, um, and I'm the first to admit, um, I went through one marriage because I was, I, I, I didn't know how to, how to turn it off. Um, when I commit to something, it, it really is 24 hours a day. Um, I'm still working with that. My husband now, um, coming up on 10 years, he, um, he keeps me in line. He reminds me that um, I'm married to him and he needs his wife. <laughs> yeah, <it's a> good <laughs> I need my wife. It's good to have a reminder. Yeah. And um, and taking advantage of the time you have. You know what? If, if we really have a week where we bust it out down here and Friday afternoon comes and I can sneak out of here at two, I will. Um, last night we sat around and watched movies. Um, and I had to have a house with an with an in-ground pool. I'm a floater. Um, and I tell people that, whether it's the jacuzzi tub, the hot tub, the pool, um, something about water. I've, I've lived around water all my life, and it, um, it clears my head to be able to throw the floaty in the pool and just float and relax finally and feel the sun on you. Um, it, it does something to me. All of a sudden, everything falls away, and, and I can... I can take a few minutes for me, and and, um, and then I get out, and I'm ready to go. Lots of coffee. <laughs> Lots of coffee. Um, but um, I, I think more than anything, when you really believe in what you're doing, um, that's what keeps you going. Yeah. And and knowing that you've got a team behind you that, that's rooting you on. Um, I had a friend tell me the other day, who was my biggest cheerleader, so I swore I was getting him pom-poms. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm buying you pom-poms. Um, you know, but I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, you know, like I said, if somebody's got the magic answer, boy, my ears are open. Right, right. <laughs> well, you know, it's just, it's, it's a testament to the type of person you are. And this job is not for everybody. You know, I, I think just hearing what you say, it's, you kind of have to be all in uh, to make something like this work. Well, you do. Um, and, and you know what? Like they say, it's, it's not all roses. Um, there are some really hard days. Um, I have gone home and I have cried. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are things here some days that just break your heart. Um, but, you know, you get up the next day and and you just come back. And, you know, if we were to give up, kind of signal does that send the women that we're trying to help you know what we're supposed to be strong um you know and and so we we are um you know we have our moments um you know it's 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 not easy and it's certainly not for for everyone um but um i think that the um the people that work here the staff um the volunteers who come in you know, they're all here for a reason, um, for the good days and the bad days. Yeah, yeah. Listen, thank you so much for what you do for the community here in Las Vegas and for taking on such an important role here at the Shade Tree. No, oh, well, thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, I can't wait to see what lies ahead for you here. We've got big plans. Yes, <laughs> excellent. We've come a long way, and um, we've got a long way to go, but... Um, you know what? We're, we're on a roll and we're determined. Um, 
you know, we're, we're changing lives. I mean, what's better than that? That's a good point. That's a very good point. Thanks again. Oh, thank you. To learn more about how you can help support homelessness in Southern Nevada, visit theshadetree.org. Thanks as always for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, visit the Leadership Looks Like Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. Leadership Looks Like is a podcast dedicated to leaders everywhere. Our mission is to show that leaders come from all different backgrounds, ages, colors, shapes, and sizes. For more information about our project or to become a contributor, visit leadershiplookslike.org. Sign up for Fresh Start Mondays and get access to free leadership tips delivered to your inbox every Monday. To subscribe, visit leadershipexcursion.co forward slash subscribe. And finally, The Coop, Las Vegas' newest co-working location with a focus on community and collaboration. If you're a small business owner looking for office space and amenities and would like to be located in Summerlin, visit thecoopcowork.com. Until next time, continue to inspire and support one another through effective leadership. I'm your host, Cree Edholm. See you again next week.